When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. This is a Friday form panel. This is all happening around me. Willem's in here. He's pointing fingers. There's Tom Bang. Gareth's moving out. He's wearing a lovely grey sweater. There's Oscar, uh, famous for being on... Uh, Winners at its final episode of the season via Miles Fitzner. Uh, Gareth's going to join me for a moment. How are you, my good friend? Uh, probably. So nobody can hear Gareth, but our millionaire probably does win this one. He'll cup, I'd imagine. Uh, we're going to join uh, Dan Malecki now, who I think he's having a cup of tea because I heard something clatter in the cup <laughs> in the background. How are you, Dan? Yeah, just my usual uh, long black. I'm sitting in at the Mail Exchange Hotel in the city at the moment before a function this <laughs> afternoon. Chase, so I've got a good quality coffee. I've got uh, a good room, good quiet room to sit out and concentrate and find as many winners as we can for any race we talk about through the course of a, uh, a fantastic weekend, isn't it? We know that the, the thoroughbred racing is uh, at its peak, but uh, we've got some wonderful options for harness racing over the course of the next three days. It's quite staggering, isn't it? You think about, um, you know, one of the concerns Harness Racing has had or, or internally is whether we've got the depth of product. But to have Friday, Saturday and Sunday all having feature races. But what a lot of people who don't follow Harness Racing don't understand is we have got a competitive advantage, haven't we, Dan? Because there's, there's two sports in one in Harness Racing because on Sunday the, uh, the Victoria Trotters Derby and the Redwood, it's going to be an all-square gating day. And so we get to uh, divide and conquer between Friday and Sunday. Oh, how true. And, and there is that point of difference, isn't it? Sunday's a fantastic day. I, I don't always call that day, depending on the makeup of, uh, of the week. And Lockie McIntosh will be there uh, on Sunday but to call the program. But uh, in my years gone by, it's been one of my favourite days at the races. Um, a point of difference. But Mary Burra is fantastic the way that they've embraced that. The way they've set it up, they've created it. Uh, and it looks a fantastic program. Challenging, it always is. But it's for the purists, I think. Uh, and anyone that goes will uh, will enjoy the day if they haven't been there before. There's just one area, one area that I really think it's important that, that gets improved, and it's easier said than done sometimes when it comes to prize money. Uh, but if these are two of our marquee races, the Redwood Classic at Group 1 and the Victoria Trotters Derby at Group 1, I, I reckon they're the blue riband of the, of the Group 1s. 50 grand is nowhere near enough for the for the redwood and 75 is just a little bit insulting to my eye as well for the trotters derby i think both have to be a hundred thousand dollars and i'm really tired of seeing these races with group one next to their name and really they're not they're 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 making up with a cataloging of a uh, prestigious uh, standard of race by having it as a group one when the prize money doesn't match I, i think we're at a stage now in harness racing 
if you're going to call it a group one, it has to be $100,001 and above. And I think we can live on that. And it doesn't matter which uh, gait it is, pacing or, or trotting. That's the only thing that lets it down. Otherwise, it's a brilliant program on a great weekend. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think it, to go one step further, I, um, I've always felt that um, prize money alone as being the uh, the marker of, uh, of group one or group two status. You know, if it's restricted in any way, it's... Yeah, it's hard. It's it's hard because we know in thoroughbred racing you don't get that uh, you don't get that honour. So if you retire as a thoroughbred with ten Group One wins, it means you're a champion. Um, but uh, you can sneak you can sneak a few pseudo cheapies. I know that sounds harsh, but you can sneak a few pseudo cheapies in harness racing. Um, yeah, it, it, it it's not quite right. And yes, I totally agree. These two races in particular, and and it it's commensurate with the. The growth of square gating as well, isn't it? Because now you're talking about the Trotters Derby on uh, on Sunday at Maryborough. Those two horses in particular, we'll talk about them later. So we'll go through the Melton meeting tomorrow night, but then we'll discuss these a uh, couple of features at Maryborough as well. But Cravash Door and Harry Stamper, they are they're just all quality and all class, aren't they? Oh, no doubt. And Plymouth Chubb missed out on getting in there, yeah. you know, but he made a mistake, so that was his own doing. But we've had some fantastic uh, Trotters derbies over the years at Mirimborough, and, and I just think it's time that uh, it needed an upgrade. And, I mean, the trotting ranks sometimes has always been looked at as the poorer cousin, and it shouldn't be because I think at times we have greater depth uh, in those trotting ranks than what we do in the pacing rank, ranks. Um, so it's just time. I'm not saying that you have to upgrade every single race, but there's still no shame in being Group 2s um, to match 50,000. Just I, I, I really have a problem with uh, Group 1 races that are under 100,000, particularly for, for the trotting ranks. They deserve better and make some marquee races and pour some money into a race like the Redwood Classic. I think it's deserving of 100. Do you know anyone else in the industry that would disagree with that? Um, uh, no, and uh, I, I think we both know a few um, square-gating zealots. So for our uh, Greyhound fans, sporting fans, uh, thoroughbred fans that don't know much about harness racing, um, so Catholicism is a leading religion. Square-gating zealotry is is far more fundamental and radical, isn't it? I mean, they they they, they weirdly enough... As much as harness racing and people are passionate about the sport, trotting people are at another level, Dan. Oh, look, there's no no doubt about that. And sometimes you can combine the both too, yes. Jason. So that's the positive <laughs> yes. aspect to, uh, to that. But uh, look, they're proud of their day. And Maryborough are too on a, on a wonderful day. And the cataloguing of those races, as in the listed or, or group level, is, is beyond their control. But oh, I think a bit more should be put into it. And uh, some races looked at across the state. I think it was a bit embarrassing with the prize money for the Inter-Dominion Trotting Championship last year. That was tended to a little bit uh, for this year's series, which is, which is terrific. But we need to see more of that and if it's going to be a group one we're going to have a bit of prize money that matches group one otherwise um you know swallow your pride and, and don't be uh, embarrassed to have a race that's worth fifty thousand dollars for a group two i reckon what we do is start the show at 10 i'll kick gareth out early <laughs> and we'll spend the first half an hour putting the world to rights and then we'll get stuck into the friday form panel from now on because i could uh, i could talk about this stuff for days but we'll get stuck into the form um as mentioned three big Days and nights of harness racing in Victoria, but we'll concentrate firstly on tomorrow night at Tabcourt Park, Melton. I'm more interested in whether you want to um, pull together some funds and, and and buy one of the horses out of the first race yeah. in Melton rather than actually um, tip or punt in it, Dan. 
You know what? I had exactly the same thought. I reckon I know which um, tram uh, you're riding on at the moment because, you know, it's the only thing that it's sort of... I was thinking, why is this horse $10,000? It should be unbeatable. And it was almost making me doubt myself as to a negative as to why it's not a, just a moral. And, and I'm talking about mighty, mighty flying art at $10,000. Um, I would have thought he was far more valuable than that. I mean, I, I don't intricately know if there are any problems there. He was always a hard-going horse, you know, where there is something else that goes along with it. But he's up and racing. He's been beating good horses, competing in good races, and it seems $10,000. You know the old saying, if it seems too good to be true, it usually is. Um and he just stood out, and because some of these claimers in recent times, they're they're high end claimers, and he's obviously not out of place in them. I think we've been tipping him in those sorts of races. So in a race like this, um, I I got to say, I don't say this too often, but would you be surprised if he went home on the same float he got there in? Well, it's not. I mean, he cut the only the only one thing I will say, and this is so we're talking about claims, and again, uh, without um, without insulting the intelligence of our of our listeners, uh, you go to the races, you've got a price tag on your head. It's very big in uh, thoroughbred racing in uh, in North America and it happens in harness racing a fair bit here. And $10,000 for Mighty Flying Art is just seems utterly outrageous. The only little caveat, and this happens a bit with claimers, Dan, th- this horse improved massively with Team Douglas. So the, I, I know he was a really, really good horse anyway, and he'd won plenty of races, but he sort of really turned the corner again and became this horse with Team Douglas. It is the only, apart from not having $10,000 handy in one of my pockets right now, it's the only thing that would stop me going and buying it. Because trying to make sure that it got where it needed to go to, to, um, to win a couple of races, because you are surely, definitely, without doubt, at least going to make your money back and have a little bit of fun in the process, you would have thought, and it's got to be winning this race. And it could be applicable to all the other horses in the race because they're all hard fit, ready to run, you know, maybe 10 days before their next start or whatever it might be. If Gareth's still in the building, he's got plenty. Um, he keeps reminding me he's got plenty, so I'm sure he might take the major share if you get something going. Well, um, that's what he was just wearing before. It could have been a tough weekend for it. I, I, I just don't know. But uh, we'll uh, see if we can tap Gareth for at least a couple of thousand. But in terms of tipping, I'm, I'm assuming he just wins. Um, where do we make money out of it? A million promises maybe holds up behind the leader and uh, that's where he likes to be. Van Murrah, peg domination. Possibly. Franco Hampton's the one interesting in the mix because it joins the Emma Stewart stable. Emma's got a lot of horses that are coming from, well, particularly from Queensland. Um, so I, I think we've got to respect Franco Hampton in this race first up. Uh, it's, it's an intriguing horse for her to have as well, a $15,000 claimer. So I'm giving it some respect. So I think the, the, the race revolves around those two. But mighty flying art. Um, he, he picks himself. Three from seven. Like you said, a million promises might get the right run on the pegs and Van Mara likewise. Uh, the levels for Group 1 racing changing next year, I recognise that number. I reckon that's Toby McKinnon. I reckon that's the Wombat. So um, I had heard something about this, but if you've got any further explanation, Wombat, then feel free to text in. And everybody can text in and ask some questions on the Friday form panel, 0499 736 736. For now, we'll go for a short break, come back and have a look at race two at Melton tomorrow night, the first heat of the Tab Rising Star Series. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736.
little bit of Amy Shark there, a little bit of Big Runga. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. Dan Malicki and Jay Bond going through, first of all, the races at Melton tomorrow night, and then we'll have a look at a couple of the features on Sunday at Maryborough as well. Dan Malicki perched up at one of the great punting hotels in Melbourne, the Mail Exchange on uh, on Burke Street. Race two, now what... Uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of a platform because I know you enjoy um, maybe taking the price assessors to pieces. Dan, uh, what the hell was Ultimate Vinny doing opening at $15 here? Oh, I didn't see that. I just saw the current price. That Well, that's a shock again. But the thing is, you know what? It's got to the stage now, Jace. Um, we, we shouldn't be having a go at anyone else by ourselves because we should know better. Every week we come on and, and we, we should be expecting there'll be something at giant overs and we continually miss it. So gone are the days that we're going to say the price assessors have got it wrong because we should be ready to pounce on any situation uh, like that. Um, it, it happens time and time again. No one else to blame by ourselves. <laughs> Tell me, did we learn a little bit about, like, I've always had an opinion of Ultimate Vinny, and I feel like uh, I learned a little bit about him in defeat last start and maybe this preparation. He sort of uh, was driven by Sam Barker, um, tough a lot of the time outside the leader, drilling, pursuing, um, trying to make the pace. But he showed he's got outstanding speed despite obviously um, losing that race last week on protest. He's got really good speed. It's a perfect draw for him but the same could be said for the Wolf and you've already spoken about in race one the influx of um, Sunshine State quality for Emma Stewart so that's the intriguing factor with Hector but I like where Ultimate Vinny's drawn and I know I don't have the $15 but I wish that I did. Yeah, I'm sure we, uh, I think there was a betting agency that were offering 100 to 1 about every horse in certain races, weren't they? So uh, it sounds like a similar scenario here. Um, Look, he's got to be a terrific chance. He's always shown that ability. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Often we've seen him going around them from awkward draws, doing it tough, but he's pretty good on the pegs. He can run some some smart sectional times and there's got to be a terrific hope. Look, I'm st- sticking with Hector, the nine. Um, I like the way he won at, uh, at Maryborough last starter. There looks like there's a bit of class about him. You know, they, they, they just have that Emma Stewart polish now. You know, mm. you can see, uh, particularly the older horses, and the way that they're presented. And, and Hector, he looked, he looked the part. And, and he, look, I still think he's got improvement in him, and that's the part uh, why I feel a little more confident with Hector. But ultimate, Vinny's got the barrier draw. And look, the wolf, I've been in the corner of the wolf, uh, but it's snapped at me and growled at me a, a couple of times and I've got it wrong. So it's a bit in the naughty corner. No doubt she's very talented, but um, I've got her in the mix. But I thought she might have opened up unders. Greg Sugars takes the drive this time. I, I think they're your main three. And, and the one at odds... It's Ebony and Ivory. I, I, I wouldn't leave her out. She, she's at really generous odds as well, and she might be a rough to place uh, with a place at 9213. And just back to that uh, first event on the card, because it is a heat of a final, that claiming race, they can't claim him tomorrow night. So Mighty Flying Art will go back home on the same float. But the following week, that final is worth 24000 uh, Jay. So those horses can be claimed next week. So with a $24,000 final, a $10,000 uh, a heat. The potential is there for a horse like my Mighty Flying Art, who I feel like he's a dollar ten to get claimed next week, uh, to pick up significant prize money, which would be more like, you know, if he got claimed for ten grand, one tomorrow night, six and a half or whatever it is, one next week for about thirteen or fourteen thousand, uh, all of a sudden he's claiming prices more closer to sort of twenty five to thirty. Dan, with about like uh, two minutes to go until we've got to go for a break, can you um, uh, summarise and explain the process by which? someone can have a crack here but the the issue is that 
Uh, it's a little bit like Powerball last night. If there's 30 <laughs> people who have a cracker trying to claim Mighty Flying Art, you're not guaranteed to get it. In fact, you're a 1 in 30 chance, but just how it all works. Yeah, that's right. You put in a, in a claim, so you can go there with uh, a bank cheque or you can go there with, with cash um, or the various forms that you can utilise nowadays when you're paying for or a, a transaction at least. Uh, on the night, uh, in the hour before the race, you go into the race day office, the secretary's office, and you say, hey, I'm here to you know, claim this horse. And that's the, usually the phrases that you use. If there's more than one, it goes into a ballot. I remember one time, I reckon there was about 30 claims for a horse at Mini yeah. Valley uh, one night, so eventually it is. It's a lucky dip, and, and a name gets uh, brought out, and uh, whoever it is um, will then get the opportunity to take home that horse. If there's more than one claim, if there's only one claim, it's yours to take directly after that race. But keep in mind a heat this week, the final. You can't claim a horse off a heat. Thanks to Andy Gath reminding me I was a heat. Um, and but the final next week, um, you know, we we could have a record amount of claims for uh, for Mighty Flying Art. It wouldn't shock me. I've said that before and. Been surprised but at ten thousand uh, dollars you think that um you know somebody's gonna a lot of people are gonna find that price attractive they will uh but the point you started to make there as we go to a break is this quite often quite often people will think everyone's gonna have a crack at this i'm not gonna have a go at claiming this horse because there's gonna be too many that have a crack and then nobody has a crack it's like a front line full of gate speed and everyone restrains at the start, and uh, all of a sudden you find that there's only two or three claims for uh, Mighty Flying Art, or who knows, maybe in some sort of uh, warped world, maybe none. So if you think you want to have a crack, don't be put off by the idea that you'll be very unlikely to get it, because everyone can often think the same way. Let's go for a break, come back, and we'll talk more about this great meeting at Melton tomorrow night, and also Mary Burrow, and we'll touch even on the Swan Hill Cup tonight as well. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. Um, the first half an hour is always a little bit fast and frenetic and there'll be another... Hard out hitting us in a couple of minutes. But before we get there, and I will come back, um, Toby McKinnon. So, uh, Dan, you're getting texts from Andy Gath. I'm getting them from Toby. It's good to see everyone's looking after us at least and making sure that we're um, we're well informed while we're on air. Um, he's the son of a gun. He's the favourite in race three at Melton. He's $1.55. I think he's immoral. But does this make sense, Dan? He's one of those horses that he can be in a big group one race and I want to back him at 20 to 1. I don't necessarily want to have my last on him at a dollar fifty-five in an easier race. It probably seems like he's a bit more one-dimensional, so I can understand that. But um, it's a small enough field, and what he's got is such a terrific sprint on him yeah. um, that I think he could he could give something fifteen metres head start, let go at the four hundred, and be able to win. And the other thing he's actually got is brilliant gate speed. If Blinding. they want to use it, he could lead and lead easily. Um, and I think that's what might happen. I think you'll lead and lead easily. And you're probably only looking at a horse like Kafaji that would be capable of sitting outside. You're putting a little bit of pressure on. Uh, but I'd say he's the son of a, a gun, could blast out of the gate, lead, get a very easy first lap. And let's face it, he's a good horse. He's a group yeah. one horse. I think that'll be run that way. In fact, the more I think about it, if it is run that way, he's even you know, a shorter chance. But he is a much better sit sprinter, though, isn't he? So... 
if Kafaji got stuck into him early enough, does he become vulnerable? Um, who can finish off well enough to beat him? I'm not sure there is that horse there. So he's a son of a gun for me. Seven, six, Kafaji, four, brutally handsome. The one that's named after, if it's not you or Gareth, it's certainly uh, a wombat um, who's been texting me as well. So yeah. my tips are seven, six, four, and one. And thanks for the guys as well about that information. It's very important. I'll go seven, four, six, and five. I do think brutally handsome is the one who could be the big beneficiary if he's a son of a gun, flies the arm, because I think Brutally Handsome with the Candyman will be behind the leader. That music is telling us we have to go for a short time, but only a very short time. Back with more Friday Form Panel in a moment. You're listening to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington on SEN Track. Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki, Friday form panel. And uh, that race that we just discussed is the Woodland Stud, the Graduate, which used to be a um, a standing start race at uh, season's end for the three-year-olds, but a little bit different now. And uh, I'm sure you've been flicked that article from uh, the Wombat, Dan. So uh, just very, just summarising the situation, uh, there's going to be a panel created to decide uh, what races should have group one status. So it won't, automatically be tied to prize money, but this is a bit of a weird one. Uh, $150,000 for the Pacers and seventy five for the Trotters. That, that sounds a little bit odd to me, but um, I like the idea of a, of a group panel coming together to have discussions over what races are worthy of Group 1 status, Dan. Oh, look, that part's good. If, if you know, the, what, a pace is twice as good as Trotters. No. Um, oh, look, I still think it needs to be a hundred grand for the Trotters. <laughs> Um, for a Group 1, and as I said, there's no disgrace that if it's a fifty or $70,000 race, being a Group 2, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so, look, it's good that they're talking about it, but I do identify that, that um, the story that uh, Toby did send to us was dated, I think, uh, December of last year. It's a fair... Uh, it's a fair few. It's a while ago, isn't it? So it's. Uh, I think the snail has uh, got the information up a little bit quicker than that. But it looks, there is some progress there by the sounds of it, and that's good to see. But it's much needed as well. Um, you were talking about the graduate over the years. This has been a fabulous race. Yeah. It's some of the horses that have won it. Longfellow won it last year. Has gone into great heights. Major Meister, Malcolm's Rhythm. Um, go back to 2012, it was Chancer Cullen. Um, Caribbean Blaster won it in 2011. Yeah. Um, uh, gee, the, it, it's been the um, sounding board and a good platform for horses to get to a, a really good level. Western Light won it in 1999. Um, and I can see um, the winners of this race also go, going on to, uh, to better things. We're, we're expecting it'll be he's a son of a gun, and it, it would make sense if he does. It was almost a little bit like... Uh, I don't know if this is a, uh, a poor analogy or comparison, Dan, a little bit like the Sandown Guineas, uh, in a way. It was sort of after all the really good three-year-old races had been on and quite often one that just wasn't quite up and ready to go um, for those races would turn up and, and race well or win the graduate and then go on to bigger and better things. So, um, yeah, well, it was a different race, wasn't it? Standing start at the end of the season, but these are good horses. They're good three-year-olds going around, including the favourite, he's a son of a gun. Now... Race four is an interesting one. I remember hearing about this techies watching before its debut and there were big, big raps. It was a, a strange old run, but it got the job done. Beautifully bred brother to techies angel, one of my favourites, despite one <clears throat> very famous loss to 101 horse in the last race at Melton one night. It's been 320 into two. 
but naturally gifted was really, really good uh, last weekend here at Tabcorp Park, Melton. It's been 290 into 230 and everything else has been a drifter. Do you know any more than anybody else might about techies watching? No, not really. Um, and as a result, I really couldn't split those two horses that you mentioned. Techies watching, naturally gifted. Um, how the race will pan out, who would lead. I, I mean, position and running here is going to be critical, isn't it? I, I, often they'll just single out an Indian file, but the horse that is in front in a situation like that is going to get a much easier run. Will it be Techies watching? Can uh, naturally gifted with that, that the uh, recent race... Uh, fitness on its side, come out and push early. Uh, not sure. I, I've, I've tipped four from seven purely based on what could be an advantage in the barrier draws. Um, a few of the other horses, uh, Rumble Stride, I think, has got plenty of ability. Bol Ramsky's done a good job. Uh, but I think the, the Group 1 horses in this race, at least uh, what looks obvious to me, are the two favourites. So four from seven. I'm not confident I've gone in the right order, but I, I, I'm, I'm confident one of those two will win. Uh, and then the one and then the three. Yep, I'm going for seven, three and one. So the same numbers, uh, slightly different order. But yeah, I've just got that, I've just got that vague memory in the back of my head uh, that they were really, really talking this one up. Techie's watching before it uh, it turned up on debut. It has trialed. It was third, but second in that trial at uh, Ballarat on the 11th of October was Soho Seraphine, who came out and ran an absolute bottler last weekend. We move on to the first leg of the quarter, and this is. The big one tomorrow night, the Ben Studd Standard Bread's Queen of the Pacific. It is the culminating race, the terminal uh, race in the Elizabeth Clark Mayor's Triple Crown. And your girls here, ladies and gentlemen, the margin was small, but, I mean, you must have been like a proud father. It was just, <laughs> it was something, despite the small margin, there was just something so special about that last start win. The way she could lift, yeah. Um, you know, if you're on, if you own Doug's babe, if you back Doug's babe, um, y- you would you'd be disappointed, and then you think, well, it took all of Ladies and Reds' great will, intestinal fortitude, and class to get me, uh, and she did. She showed those qualities. Um, coming to the home turn, she was flat. She had to dig. And she reminded us why we hold her in such high regard. It was a fabulous performance. And um, I, I, look, she she's there now. There's no doubt about that. Um, and yeah, I, I was, when I say proud, I, I just love seeing good racehorses or horse, great racehorses. And I think she fits that category. Um, so look, she's my top pick uh, again. I'm thinking the distance suits her better, yeah. but I'm not ruling out Tough Tilly uh, because she's clearly a much better horse when she is in front. She's shown it on a few occasions. The times that she's beaten... Ladies in red, she's led, and uh, ladies in red will sit uh, without cover. So that will be the scenario here. It might come down who's the better stayer at the end of uh, 2600. And ladies in red's proved herself for that trip with wins in the heats and final of the Oaks uh, last year. They don't really get too many opportunities, do they? The uh, um, the, the the fillies or the mares, but. Um, Winning an Oaks heat uh, at uh, Menangle, uh, Tough Tilly did. Um, so she's a quality enough filly in front is her advantage. She's a good chance to beat Ladies in Red for the fourth time. Is it possible that they could just go at it too early and there's something else, like a Doug's babe who's got a more challenging barrier draw, that could come over the top? A horse like 
the one that's in the bedding and far shorter mm. um, has been given a lot of credit, far more than, than I had anticipated, is Brave U Kelly, who, who won brilliantly last week. But you can't tell me that either Tough Chili or Ladies in Red wouldn't have uh, won by at least as far as Brave U Kelly did. Um, but I'm glad she's in the race. She adds that little bit of a spice, uh, that extra element uh to this and it is a group one race so it makes sense we do get some representation from new south wales i'm going ladies in red but she might have to produce something even better than last week to beat tough tilly so it's 11 from six probably no surprise um uh the five brave you kelly i'm respecting mauve but i unless the buttons press too early on either ladies in red or tough tilly i, I can't see brave you kelly beating them um, so I'd love your opinion there because I, I don't mind to be told that I'm wrong because I could be grossly underestimating her chances. But I thought that the, the, the early markets um, uh, were over the top. They were far too respectful of her. And, and I tell you one at odds at the long trip that might be able to run a race at, at a trillion to one that could run into uh, third or fourth could be a monomia, uh, notwithstanding Doug's babe still got a, a top four chance as well. So really, it's Brave You Kelly's the interesting runner. So what are your thoughts, Yeah, oh, Look, I, I'm... Uh, so in leg one of this Triple Crown, I did think the tough Tilly could beat Ladies in Red. I, I, now, similar circumstances in a way, uh, but that was over a short trip, and I think that just suited tough Tilly better. What I saw from Ladies in Red, again, the margin was small in the Angelique Club pace leg, two of the Triple Crown, but it was the win of a monster. She's a bottomless, a bottomless, a plain-looking bottomless beast, Ladies in Red, and I think she will, I think she'll win this more easily. Uh, I think the dollar seventy-five here is good value because I just think she'll be able to roll up there. She's so professional. She's push button. You can turn her on. You can turn her off. And I think she'll crush Tough Tilly, who's again that captain treacherous. Um, you, you wonder about the actual staying prowess if it does turn into a battle. I'm with you. Like I, this brave you, Kelly business. So we've we've spoken um, at infinitum or ad nauseum about how good the Victorian group of um, four-year-old mares are, three-year-old fillies from last season, and yet this one's turned up here, Brave You Kelly, of the same age, and now we're comparing her with Tough Tilly and Ladies It doesn't make sense to me. I'm, look, I'm hoping she runs a bottler, and you've got to respect Anthony Butt and Jack Trainer. and I know there's going to be a fear factor there because he's a very, very good young trainer, Jack Trainer. Um, pardon the pun, or um, the, uh, the alliteration of, uh, of trainers there, but I, I just don't think she's going to be able to match it with um, ladies in red or tough Tilly. Doug's babe has been disrespected by the market. I don't think she can win. But when she got so close and she can roll forward here and maybe even get the 1-1 uh, cover on the back of ladies in red if she came around and, and parked as we expect. And if you're going to give one out at a, a billion to one to run top four or top five in Monomia, I'm going to go with common courtesy. I really like the run um, last start. She's always shown a fair bit of ability. Pole marking draw might be able to hold up, hug the pegs. It'll be the place to be, I would imagine. So I'm with ladies and red. This feels wrong. It feels like now I'm I'm stealing the super zealous confidence in ladies and red from you. So I do apologise, Dan, but I'm thinking she will be winning and I'll be taking her one out in my quaddies in the Queen of the Pacific. We'll go for a break, come back, talk about the remaining races on the card at Tabcorp Park, Melton Victorian Harness Headquarters tomorrow night and a couple of the big races, the Group 1s at Maryborough on Sunday. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. 
right, song, of course, by the weekend, and that is what we are fast approaching. To be honest, when I get off there at 12 today, that's a start. Yeah, I'll call that a start of my weekend. Um, race six of the program at Tabcorp Park tomorrow night. This is the Friday form panel with Jay Bon and Dan Malecki. Now, the shortest prize favourite going around here, Dan, has to be heavily backed. You've got to be tipping. <laughs> Better be the bomb. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yep. Th- 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 these are the races. I'm a little bit the same with Bulletproof Boy, but th- these are the races for these sort of horses that we've been following. You're waiting for one of these, aren't you? Yeah, no doubt. He's flying. He- he's been flying for a while. I-, I think he's going as well as he ever has. Um, but he hasn't had some luck in-, in some key races from bad barrier draws. Um, he was scratched last week, wasn't he? So there- I guess there's that little reservation why, but he, he-, he backs up pretty quickly. There may be... Interesting to see where the market lies with him, but um, oh look, he, he's when I say you know it's it's not right to say deserving to win a race. Every horse does. They they work hard and they're out there to to, to win, no doubt. But uh, better be the bomb. It's just been through the class of horse he's been up against, uh, which he can beat if he gets the right barrier draw. And here he can afford a a, a not so luxurious barrier draw and be able to beat them. I, I think nine actually suits him, and uh, yeah, I, I think he's the horse to beat. Um, bulletproof boy, he's going terrific as well. And, and again, uh, he could very easily win this race. Tango Tarahul in the end are the other chances. But um, I think it f- I've got him at $4.20 at the moment on, on tab, uh, fixed odds. I, I haven't really checked around elsewhere at the moment, but uh, about $1.70 the place. Um, so you can wait your bet there. And I think he's a really good play. Yeah, I'm... Uh I'm with Bulletproof Boy. Amazingly, uh, better be the bombs last wing six starts ago was over a, um, a handy progressive type named Rock and Roll Do. So uh, that's how good he can be when he's uh, when he's in the mood, better be the bomb. But Bulletproof Boy, very, very much in the same boat, isn't he? Dan, you talk about uh, horses that uh, he's been drawing poorly or in really high-quality races, um, getting home sensationally. I thought his run last start was just magnificent really in the uh, in the Geelong Cup burned off the gate um, then got shuffled back and uh, and hit the line as well as anything he he deserves to win as well who against the dollar 50 shot Macdan <laughs> how is he not a dollar 50 I, I uh, don't worry I, uh, I I I was calling it out before the race and uh, and after as well he he legitimately you could not have you could not have outlined it any better and it's not as though he wasn't if he'd never been tested, where well, you could have said, well, I factored in the fact that he would get an easy run into the $1.50. But they turned it on mid-race, and, and he just won like he was um, in a different world. So your your declarative confidence was spot on the money. And I, I hope you you took the price, because it, it, di- it didn't turn out to be a $1.50. They didn't just charge and launch late on him. 280. He got out to 280, and it got to the stage there. I think, is it them or is it me? And I started doubting myself. I... I thought at 210 he was over. So when he got out to 280, you almost feel like you're back to loser. But he was never going to get beaten um, uh, last week. So, um, yeah, sometimes you just got to take advantage of the overs uh, when you think they're there, regardless of what price they were. And he was never in danger. But you're right about Bulletproof Boy coming out of the gate. And he actually battled on pretty well. It was a terrific performance. Uh, in everyone knows, is one of mine. Uh, he was, again, uh, very, very unlucky last start. He just couldn't get clear air but he's that type of horse he's a he's a go back one run sit sprinter gate seven is nearly as bad as you can draw as a one run sit sprinter because you've got to go all the way back and then 
probably be last and then you, you're trying to chase down horses like better be the bomb and bulletproof boy so it's going to be hard for him and tango tara um he's a little bit behind them to be honest i think at the moment uh i think he's too short at three dollars eighty and how about bonzel benjamin he's now with tim mcguigan um there should be a netflix doc- documentary on this horse uh it's been a wild ride dan for those who've been following the fortunes and fates of bonzel benjamin for the last 12 months Oh, look, it has. Um, uh, he, it, well, he, he actually finished second in the Inter-Dominion, didn't he? And um, I think that's still debated about as far as that result was concerned. But clearly at the time, the horse was flying. And it's it's disappointing for the connections that he's not going as good. But um, he uh, he's had 90 starts. And if he if he didn't have another start, you know, he'll, he'll his name will be etched in that... Uh, uh, that record book uh, for life uh, as a winner of the uh, of the Inner Dominion, and um, that was effectively his last victory. The last time he was first past the post, though, was uh, on the 9th of October last year. Now we go into the Cadenas Jewelers four-year-old and five-year-old championship. Now I haven't been through the honour roll, but it was always my memory, Dan, and you can uh, potentially set me on the straight and narrow here that the five-year-olds would genuinely uh, would generally win this race because they had that little bit more experience but times they are a changing and the four-year-olds are um well they're in rarefied air at the moment and it's all four-year-olds off the second row here that look to be the major chances you would have thought better eclipse is your favorite act now magnificent winning uh the maryborough cup and he's probably the one we spoke about this on burning questions of those four second row runners the one that is most likely to be able to make an early move and get himself into the action you reckon dan um, you would think so, yeah, absolutely. Um, you would think so. Uh, it is, is that is is that is that a defining advantage here in terms of if one of them can create ten fifteen meter separation on on the other three, is that uh, is that race winning or is is better clips just the best horse in the race? How do you like? How do you read it? Yeah, um, I think so. I, I think so. Uh, but is he? Be- Look, he showed in Queensland that he can make his own luck to a degree. So I reckon Greg, remembering he's got two pretty fast uh, stablemates drawn the front line in Cherokee Joe and Lai Captain, and I'm sure both of those horses would look for a trail, at least at some point in the race. So whether or not Better Eclipse is the first one around there, or it doesn't have to be, um, but he's tough enough that I think Greg, now that he's had a couple of runs back from a spell, to make a mid-race move, even sit parked for the last lap, I think there'd be enough respect there from just about every other horse in the race. Maybe mm. Act Now could be different if he didn't get to the front, but drawing the second line, um, I think the potential is for something on the back row to work around uh, within the first 600 metres and look for the top. Um, I'm not sure a horse on the front line uh, could sustain the pressure to one of the horses on the back line to do it. So who's going to be there first? Um, trying to find the horse with the gate speed that can track through. Act now behind pull the other leg. Beyond the light, well, he's the one that probably can't get there. Kate's going to have to weave her way, way through. And better eclipse tracks through behind stablemate Cherokee Joe, who we know has got gate speed. So there's every chance better eclipse could be the first horse on the scene to track through a horse with a bit of gate speed on the front row. Pull the other legs, the other one with gate speed, that act now can track up behind. So they're the two. Um, makes it an interesting race. But I, you're talking about the honour rolls for this race. Wow. Um, Taylor made Lombo twice. Shaker Maker, Sokiola, uh, Smoking Up twice. 
Uh, Caribbean Blaster won it. Lenny the Shark won it twice. Hector JJ, my field marshal. Uh, Shadow Sacks ride high two years ago. Honolulu Bay last year is in the Len Smith Mile tomorrow night. Um, and we've got some quality horses engaged here. I think uh, better's the, uh, the, uh, the horse to beat uh, is Better Eclipse yeah. from Beyond Delight. Act now and spring in these steps. I'm going for the back line horses. I think they're the class runners. Do you? Oh, without doubt, I would have thought. I mean, who knows? Who knows? The sit sprint wise, if Neratark Prince gets itself into a perfect position, I mean, everything would need to go right, you would have thought. We've got another um, New South Wales invader here in Firefox who, a little bit like the one previously, but even more so, seems to have been um, incredibly overrated by the market on, on form. Firefox. But uh, Jason Grimson will do that to you. Uh, $6 for it. So I'm thinking if that scenario you've outlined, if Better Eclipse, if I felt confident that Better Eclipse was going to get any sort of tactical advantage on Act Now, I'd nearly be declaring him. I mean, we are talking about a horse who is the Chariots of Fire winner, Sunshine Sprint winner, Group 1 level, um, third. I, I know people will say, oh, well... <laughs> Was he a little bit unders in the in the um, in the Victoria Cup? He's run third to Rock and Roll Do. That's the Victoria Cup. Now I know this is a really good race, but that's the Victoria Cup. So he is the class runner, and I think three dollars is actually an okay price. I've got it on top of Act Now, Beyond Delight, and yeah, Spring in his step. I'd definitely be including him in your exotics because I think he can uh, run third and maybe add a little bit of value at at ten dollars and two sixty. So I think they are the key run. The other one, obviously, with Gate Speed on the front line. Lark Captain just seems to come out on absolute roller skates these days, and it might cause, uh, what do they call it these days in marketing? It might be the disruptive character for the race here, Dan. Yeah, look, he's got the brilliant gate speed. He could have one leg tied behind him and still cross them comfortably. He, he took a sit last time first up. He drifted like he'd lost two legs, <laughs> which was uh, it was hard to work out. Again, it was another head scratcher, but look, he's got the gate speed to lead. I feel that at 2200 they would look to take the trail whether or not it's Cherokee Joe who's joining on the spot Naratak Prince could be used up to try and have a crack and then you'd have that wall of horses directly behind them in uh, in uh, uh, Act Now and Better Eclipse in particular Spring and his step will try to push up but I think actually that the advantage might be with an Act Now and Better Eclipse to punch through the field early because the speed seems to be while Paul the other legs got gate speed um uh, there's going to be a wall of horses outside, potentially Cherokee Joe, maybe a Naratak Prince, who knows, maybe even a Firefox, because if those horses go back, they need to rely on horses like Acnow, Better Eclipse, just overworking, and then the slowest quarter being the last quarter to give them a chance. So they may as well try to punch forward, look for a spot, expecting both Better Eclipse, Acnow to go around, maybe even a springy step, uh, and perhaps a Beyond Delight once he gets clear air. So um, I think it might be busy in the first few hundred metres, but for a lot of jockeying to get the right trail behind them. Might have just lost down there for a moment. Critically, uh, critically for Dan Malecki, when he re- rejoins us, this is going to be an exciting race for him to call because there is going to be light colour action and movement, I reckon, in the first 600 metres, trying desperately to get that tactical advantage that we've just spoken about. Let's go to the news if we can, find out a little bit more about that bloke in his late 30s that fell through the roof. I'd, I'd like to hear more about him, whether he escaped unscathed and when we return uh, we'll talk more about the remaining races at Tabcourt Park Melton and uh, and of course the two big group ones at Maryborough and the Swan Hill Cup tonight stick with us Friday form panel SEN track on SEN track text us on 0499 736 736 what a banger I'd rather hear how much you 
Welcome back to the Friday Form panel. Didn't hear any more news about that bloke who fell through the roof, but anyway, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll check that when I get home. Dan Malecki has rejoined us. Penultimate race in the program at Melton tomorrow night. Final leg of the quaddy. Um, geez, I've given Knights Templar a lot of chances. I still think he's a good horse, but uh, we're, we're running out of um, trust in this relationship at the moment, Dan. This is a good opportunity for a number of horses that haven't won for a while. Um, well, they get their chance. Foolish Pleasure, Jellyby Nitro, maybe even a sand day. To be fair to him, he won three starts uh, well, into last preparation four starts ago. Knights Templars had a win four starts ago. But I know where you're coming from. Um, I think Major Delico, uh, fortunate in a way, I mean, he deserved to win on that race on protest, but there's a lot of horses here, they don't win out of turn. So who's ready and who most? I'm not sure. It's a bit perplexing. You might be right with Knights Templar, but um, some of his performances have uh, have been just average. That will to win, is it still there? Maybe. Something's got a lead, duh. But Jillaby Nitro would be the most obvious one to do that, but they're not using him up out of the gate. So... Who leads? Mm. Is it Knights Templar? Will they um, push him out a little bit? Is it Sanday? Could something out wider come across? Whoever gets to the pegs first will have a big advantage here. I've got a funny feeling. Uh, this is why, on burning questions, Andy Gath made Sanday his his best. Um, I'm assuming they think they are going to lead. <clears throat> it's interesting with Knights Templar, isn't it? Because you'd, like it's hard to even work out what type of horse he is um, because he, he's a sit sprinter but he's not push button uh, he sort of goes through his gears I think he'd be a very you know I think he'd be a very um, a good leader I think he could lead this race on ability if he's if he's ready to roll he could win in that role but I, they don't seem to like him driven that way Jillaby Nitro as you mentioned he's not being run off the gate at all these days even though it must be frightfully tempting to have a crack here drawn to on a uh, on a front line sort of bereft of a, a very obvious leader but um, yeah maybe Sanday is the leader I'm going to give Knights Templar from a tipping perspective I'm giving him uh, one more chance but I think I've said one more chance about uh, three or four times yeah you probably could uh, echo that for a lot of horses yes. in this race not that they haven't been good horses but I think most of them they're somewhere between on their mark or um, needing uh, a, bit of, a bit of help and a bit of confidence, and there's nothing better than a win. So uh, any one of these horses that could win, and they could still go on and win their next start, but they've probably forgotten how to do it or, or forgetting how to do it often enough. Um, yeah, I'll be putting in four Sanday, two Jellyby Nitro, three Knights Templar, and um, number six all shook up. Uh-huh. <laughs> um... Tell, tell me the last race, what, you, what you're thinking. This is, well, same, same, but different, isn't it? I mean, a few of these horses uh, are looking for a bit of a, a, a confidence booster as well. Sassiola will last start when a Rosarito misses one its last couple. But um, there's a few horses here that have just sort of been milling around, waiting for an opportunity to get into the nightclub. But the bouncers, the bouncers saying no at the moment, Dan. Yeah, this is a hard race. I love the way I love the way you've just uh, set me up here to, to have a crack at this race first. Because when I when I initially did my market all the way through, I didn't have anything longer than twelve dollars, and I'm thinking, oh, I've got to have to do a bit of work here. And I continued to avoid it all the way through, hoping that I'd get the first word in, and you could talk about it first. But <laughs> it's um, it's a tough race. There's not too many horses that can't win. I tipped Lombo Heaven last week. He sort of got into a position I didn't expect him to be, and and I think the barrier draw is going to suit him a lot better this 
this time. So I think that he can improve. Um, you always like to see a horse finding the line as opposed to dropping out, but it might come down to the barrier draw. So three and 11, um, that's Alombo Heaven and Captain Pins. And then I've got every other runner as about equal third pick. Um, I'm not ruling out anything from winning. Um, but I think Lombo Heaven, if he didn't run last week, I'd probably be saying he, he was he was the best bet on the program. So um, that's the way I'm looking at it. I'm not saying I'm looking at it correctly, uh, but I'm trying to pretend he didn't start last week. Uh, and if that was the case, he'd stand out a lot more. I'm with you. Yeah, I, I backed him. And uh, obviously it leaves a, um, a, bit of a, a bit of taste in your mouth when uh, it goes down like that. But when you look at his, uh, his couple of runs prior to that, it's hard not to think that if he just replicated, you know, any of one of his previous two or three starts from that draw, he'd be the one to beat. But it's one of those, it's one of those critical decisions when you um, when you see a run like that, isn't it? Do you do you forget it? Do you erase it? For, you know, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind um, from a punting perspective, or um, are we kidding ourselves to do that? You don't know until after the race tomorrow night, do you? But I, there's enough. There's enough of a body of form there prior to that last start performance to, to make me think that we can be a little bit forgiving. Yeah, look, I, I think you're right. And, and look, that might come down to price. I mean, I noticed this. If it was challenging for us to come up with selections, it's certainly challenging for some of the price assessors because there's still no market up for that. So if he come up $1.90, I think we'd be prepared to take him on, uh, Lombo Heaven. If he comes up $14, which is unlikely, and if it did, it'd only be for 10 seconds, and no doubt we would miss it. But if he came up for $55, um, I would be entertaining the risk of backing him, but um, so the price element is a crucial factor. They might just decide it's too hard and just make them all not applicable. That might they might just not run a market. On that <laughs> they are run. at the moment. <laughs> um, give us your best bets for Tab Court Park, Melton, please, Dan, and then we'll um, we'll have a little chat about Swan Hill before we get stuck into Maryborough. But where are we going to make our money? Where's the value, and what's your best bet tomorrow night? Okay, best bet, I think it's Better Eclipse um, at around the $3. Uh, I, I think it makes sense. I'm not saying it'll be easy, but it makes sense. Race 7, number 11, my best. Each way has to be Better Be The Bomb. Uh, so that's race 6, uh, horse number 9. Um, uh, I think they're the plays. Uh, ladies in red, look, I think she'll win. i tell you what, one thing. I, I think she's, uh, she's an attractive price. So um, she'll be uh, one at $1.75 at the moment, potential to get out slightly more, while at least the Sydney Mayor is in the market, Bravey Kelly. Not that she's not going to be in the market, but so short, 4.20. I think ladies in red is a very attractive price and easy to take some all-ups uh, around and into. I, I, I'm very much the same as you, Best Better Eclipse. Um, though we are obviously going uh, down divergent paths with Better Be The Bomb versus Bulletproof Boy. So all the Bs, Better Eclipse, Better Be The Bomb and Bulletproof Boy. And I have thought uh, in the first two runs this preparation that Ladies in Red might have come up a touch of unders. I'm with you. I reckon $1.75 is actually juicy. An extra 520 metres, I think she's going to eat it up. We've seen her do it before. She is, yeah, I'll use the word, she's a champion. Uh, ladies in red, and uh, she'll be winning the Queen of the Pacific, in my opinion. Let's go for a break here on the Friday form panel. When we come back, we'll get stuck into the 3SH Swan Hill Pacing Cup and also have a look at the Redwood Classic and the Victoria Trotters Derby at Maryborough on Sunday. Welcome back to the Friday form panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736.
Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. We're covering three big days of racing, and we're going to go back to the future. Well, we're going back to tonight is what I'm trying to say. Swan Hill Pacing Cup. Our millionaire is a $2 favourite here, like a wildfire, and Torrid Saint also in the market. Some of these country cups, and we saw it at Maryborough, and you just do see it these days, and I don't want to be one of those naysayers uh, about mobile starts and yada, 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 but um, getting to the front and dictating terms over long trips, it can be a huge advantage, and that's where I think our millionaire's going to win this race, Dan. Fair enough, and that makes sense. You can make a really good argument that that was the case. When I first looked at it, I thought, oh, Torrid Saint's going to be hard to beat. Uh, but you're right, that... that 2790 metres, it's a real factor, isn't it? He's got, if he can possess a really good sprint at the end of his race, uh, that's all good and well, and we expect that he can, or can he do it at that distance? But if our millionaire is going to get his way to the front, which it's looking more obvious by the moment, um, and then they can reel off some ridiculously fast sectional times, um, it's starting to make sense now. I wanted to come on and sort of say Torrid Saint gets his chance and he can win. But um, now, if our millionaire leads, it, what, he could come home in a 54 something. And if he does, who could beat him? I guess the where's like a wildfire, where's he going to be in the run? It could be the critical aspect to it. Um, because if he ends up being obliged to go up without cover, it could be a very boring first two laps. Something might happen the first 100 metres. I don't think much is going to happen for two laps after that. So, But where's like a wildfire going to be? Is he back? Can you trust him? It was better last start, but where's he at? Um, yeah, I think you're right, our millionaire. I think you've found it now. You've twisted my arm. Well, this is what, like... I'll be 100% honest with you, Dan. Uh, last week in the Geelong Cup, after what the way you'd explained it in your confidence, um, I wanted to tip Mac Dan, but and, and just and stuck to my guns for reasons that I can't even understand because you totally talked me around. And so often you see in these these country cups, and it, it's largely because, in my opinion, they don't race over the long trip often enough that no one really wants to make a move. Everyone's sort of a little bit conservative and a little bit cheeky, and ultimately. They almost turn into, um, um, sometimes, I don't want to be harsh, but more boring spectacles than your normal middle trip races because as soon as they settle into their roles, um, it's just very, very slow through the middle stages and they just, they rip and they turn into 800 metre races and that's where that advantage that I think our millionaire is going to have is so utterly crucial. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, could, uh, where does like a wildfire end up? I reckon... Right, we're, we're, oh. Torrid Saint is, is unlikely going to get to the front. So he's going to have to try to out-sprint them, running a ridiculously fast last half, take something pretty special to do it. I'm just not sure where I see like a wildfire sitting in the run. So what are the possible options for where he might end up? Because uh, he could well end up being the, the main danger. Could our millionaire lead take a trail behind like a wildfire? Could like a wildfire blast off the gate and lead, then take a trail behind our millionaire? Or does like a wildfire just sit back and then be obliged to be the first one off the pegs with about a thousand to go? That's the scenario that I see as being the most likely one. Um, and it, it sort of works out for everyone, doesn't it? It's going to be good for our millionaire. Um, and. It gives like a wildfire a great chance of building a bit more confidence, running home, maybe grabbing second and making life even harder. Probably on the only other winning chance, not from the same stable, and that is Torrid Saints. So um, $2, I think we've 
talked each other into it. I want to take a dollar fifty now about our millionaire. The more we talk mm. about it, the more confident I am that he'll win. Let's talk about a couple of these big races at Maryborough on Sunday. I'm heading to Maryborough. Can't wait to get there to see Les Chapman and the team and and uh, see the home of trotting. What do you like in the Redwood? Um, David Moles on Burning Questions yesterday was very confident that Rockin' with Attitude has improved again since that Tatlow win. Susan, is, uh, her name was terrific in that same race. Has the locomotive slightly gone off? It's at $4. Uh, what do you make of Ricky Elchin's New South Wales Invader? It's an intriguing contest, as the Redwood always is, Dan. Yep, and there's one element to the race that just makes it even more difficult to predict, and that is that it's a standing start. Yeah. Um, the barrier draws could mean absolutely nothing. If they step off the front line particularly, it means a lot. Um, I'm a big rap for Susan is her name. I thought her run it was terrific last start. Um, Rocking with Attitude was wonderful the way uh, it was able to pick her up right on the line. But in the run, Susan is her name had no hope and then has gone from last to hit the front, looked home, and then just peaked. So, uh, But she's got to step away. She might have had some practice. Some of these horses have had practice um, uh, in stand starts. But um, when you get a big field lining up like that, just being slightly tardy away uh, could be the difference between running first or seventh. So uh, I can pick Susan as her name because I've got a lot of time for her. Rocking with Attitude's terrific and has got a wonderful desire. Wanted a great story with Jaden Barker, and it would be again too, yeah. uh, being a Group 1 race. Um, and the horses on the back row line, I think Valerie Lane's going terrific. A lot to like about What's Up Party Time. He's been well found. I know you respect him a lot. And, and the locomotive, don't rule him out. I thought when he paraded the other night, he was going to benefit from that run and he just worked a little bit too hard too early. Key, he's got a step, quite obviously. But he can get his way to the front, and I tell you what, he's still a winning chance. I'm with uh, Susan, is her name as well, but I'm with you. So there's one that you mentioned there that I think is the big overs in the race. Valerie Lane. So it's $23.460. You know at that in that camp, uh, it's more likely than not that the standing start will be okay. And you are really, it is caveat emptor here because half the runners have never raced from behind the strands under competitive conditions. I think between the entire field, aggregate, there's been 10 standing start runs. So you have to know you're going in slightly blind and try and work it out as best you can. But I think, so Susan is her name, we've both got on top. But Valerie Lane, if I was to, if I was to pluck one at sort of better than $16, it would clearly be Valerie Lane. And it sounds like you're thinking along a, a similar path then. Yeah, no doubt. I, I didn't realise that was the price. That is the overs. You can identify one at overs, and that's Valerie Lane, because after 100 metres, the horse at 6-4 to favourite could end up, or $2.50 favourite, could end up a 25-to-1 shot, and the horse that's a 25-to-1 shot could end up a $5 shot uh, just on the way that they step away. So Valerie Lane, without a doubt, is the value, and maybe a little something uh, all up our millionaire into the place, Valerie Lane. I've done worse things. <laughs> well, you know I have done. Um, the race of the day on Sunday, uh, I love the Redwood, but this Vic Trotters derby has captured my imagination. I love match races where it's a clash of styles, a clash of draws, red corner, blue corner, um, reliability, speed, strength, all the rest of it. And we've got a great classic clash, I reckon, looming here between Cravash Door and Harry Stamper. I am quite intrigued now i'm wondering whether i'm going to get a declaration from you here i i feel like you might go hard on one of the two but i can't work out which one cravash door a dollar 80 against harry stamp at two dollars 70 i personally think 
there's too much between them. I think Harry Stamper, I've, I've actually tipped Harry Stamper on top. But I'm, I'm just getting that vibe, that feeling that you're going to have to clear one here. Am I right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, look, um, I think the barrier draw is a huge advantage for Kravastor. Um, I, I can see him getting to the front and at least for the first lap, getting a pretty easy time of it. Uh, Harry Stamper, is he, uh, how good a stayer is he going to be? I think he's a good stayer, but can he sit outside Kravastor for the last 11 or 1200 or try to chance his luck when the, the moves are made, probably from the mile onwards? Uh, look, it's got to be an advantage for Kravastor here. It has to be. Um, he's a good horse anyway, so I think he's the one to beat. One-on-one, uh, -on -one, who's the better of the two? Uh, if the barrier draws were reversed, I think I'd go Harry Stamper. So I don't think there is much between them. It's just the barrier draw that could be the difference on this occasion. Uh, I think Courage Stride, uh, her face is Phoenix there, got chances. Um, but I, I, yeah, look... I, I reckon whatever beats Kravastor wins, which might sound silly, but what it means is um, he, he's the one that most likely is going to win unless, he, he, you know, if he, if he gets run down on the straight, he's not going to run worse than second. So he's the ideal uh, anchor to take. And he's the one I'm, I'm confident of, but I don't want to be too bullish because I've got respect for so many other horses in the race. I'm with Harry Stamper, but really... Separating them is nearly impossible, I think. It's, 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 it's more intuition and instinct than anything else. So, yeah. Harry Stamper on top. And I reckon the value of the place might be RC Phoenix. We're going to go for our final break on the Friday form panel and might discuss this race just a little bit further and get any other best bets from the great Dan Malecki when we return. Welcome back to the Friday form panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Hopefully I'm going to have the best freaking night of my life over the course of this weekend at some point. You've got to give yourself every opportunity. Finishing up the Friday form panel with Dan Malecki. Um, any other best bets anywhere? I like Mufasa Metro in the, in the free-for-all on, uh, on Sunday. Have you got any best? You've got so many options to choose from. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to reveal before we say sayonara, Dan? Well, I hope it's a bit like uh, Groundhog Day. Um, our millionaire tonight uh, into Ladies in Red, uh, Better Be the Bomb, mm -hmm. and um, and uh, Better Eclipse, uh, and then into the Sunday. Uh, I was like you. I was going to uh, say Mufasa Metro. I'm looking forward to him drawing the front line. So um, they're my best bets. I think uh, if you can uh, take some of those in all-ups. So the good thing about taking an all-up that can go a few days is that it keeps you entertained for a few days. And if you don't have that good a day, say, at Flemington on Saturday, you've always got the Mufasa Metro race to look forward to. So um, I agree with you. Um, I'm seeing things uh, very similar to you, which is a worrying sign on two parts, because if we both have a shocker, we've, uh, we can't borrow off each other. Uh, um, we'll have to find an independent third party as Gareth Hall walks by. Yeah, mate, that's we, the man. We won't, we won't get him to, to claim that horse, so he's still got some cash left for us just in case things go all right. Thanks very much for your time, Dan. Enjoy the weekend. You too, Jace. Thank you. That's been the Friday Form Panel. Enjoy the rest of the day here on SEN Track with Trackside. I'll be back on air tomorrow night. Au revoir.